Welcome to the Ministry of the Bread of Life. I'm Joel Van Hoogen, and it's been my distinct pleasure to be the Bible teacher at the Bread of Life for over 20 years now. We've rejoiced to be able to bring this ministry to you every weekday for all of that time. Bread of Life Radio is a program of the International Ministry Church Partnership Evangelism and its Missions Fellowship, from which our program is named the Bread of Life in Boise, Idaho. You can learn more about our work around the world or in your community by going to breadoflifeboise.org. Today, we continue looking at the life of the prophet Elijah, and we consider now the prayer that Elijah prayed that God answered by sending down fire upon an altar and so turning the nation of Israel away from its idolatry and back to himself. This is the kind of prayer we want to learn how to offer up to God ourselves. First Kings 18 verses 36 through 37 says this, And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. God could have very succinctly just told us that Elijah prayed and that he responded by sending fire. But instead what God does is God gives us a recounting of the prayer. It's not a long prayer but a recounting of the prayer that Elijah prayed. God is letting us know exactly what it is that Elijah said before him, and the reason God has done this is for our instruction. The fact is that we learn how to pray by listening to the prayers of others. And just as an aside, by the way, this is why it's very important, parents, that you pray with your kids that you lead them in prayers. It's also why you should pray for simple things and daily things because you're to pray for your daily bread, the Lord Jesus taught us. But may I also add that and encourage you that you ought to be praying for great things and mighty things. You ought to be praying against mountains that they might be moved so your children might see how God works and does great things through prayer. The fact is it may be possible that you've not been instructed in the way of prayer by manner of the examples of others, but there's still help for us. The Word of God records a number of the prayers of His saints so that we can learn from those words and from the spirit of their prayers the kind of praying that takes hold of God's ear and draws God's response. And today what we're going to do is we're going to look at the prayer of Elijah and we're going to see the kind of prayer that drew fire from God because God sent fire down upon the altar after Elijah prayed. Here's the first thing I want you to notice and I want you to consider. Well, first, we're going to consider the foundation, the foundational elements for Elijah's prayer. And the first thing I want you to see here is that Elijah prayed before an altar that had a sacrifice upon it. He prayed before an altar with a sacrifice upon it. It says in our text here, and you just keep your Bibles open to 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 36 and 37. It says, at the time of the evening sacrifice, Elijah prayed. Now what it's describing there 
is the evening sacrifice that took place in Jerusalem every single day. Three hours before sunset fell every day in the temple in Jerusalem, an evening sacrifice was offered up before the Lord. And that sacrifice was called, by the way, the burnt offering. There were these various offerings that were given. There was the sin offering. There was the peace offering. There was a fellowship offering. And one of those offerings was called the burnt offering. Every evening in Jerusalem, in the temple in Jerusalem, the burnt offering was made as the final sacrifice in the temple at the end of the day. The burnt offering is often called the ascending offering because it was offered up and it was burnt entirely on the altar and given up to the Lord entirely. And some of the other offerings that were made, there was a portion of what was brought before God that was set aside and it was given to the priest to eat. Or some of it might even be set aside and given to the person who brought that offering so that he might eat a portion of it. But in the burnt offering, everything that was brought before God and everything that was laid on the altar as a sacrifice was consumed entirely and it was ascended up to the Lord in the smoke to the Lord. And the, and the purpose of this offering was that it might be an expression that what was given to God was satisfyingly and acceptably received as a fragrant offering to God. In fact, it is oftentimes called a sweet-smelling savor to God. The one who presented that offering would place his hands on the head of the offering. And as he was sacrificing it, and as he offered it up, he was basically saying to God, I have nothing acceptable or pleasing in myself to offer to you, O God, but I seek to be accepted by you through the merits of this perfect, innocent offering. He was, as he laid his hand on that offering, in a sense, identifying himself with what God would accept and what God would receive. And God would accept and receive the offering that was perfect and sinless that was made in his place and was given up entirely to God. And so there's the image. That's the picture. And so when Elijah comes and Elijah prays on Mount Carmel, he makes his sacrifice and he lays it up on the altar and it becomes a burnt offering to God. It's completely consumed by God and received by God. And he makes it at the exact same time in which this offering is being made, which is offered in evening in and evening out in the temple in Jerusalem. Now, listen, all of the offerings that are made in the temple in Jerusalem, all of them, and the burnt offering as well, all of them are shadows of a greater offering that God was going to fulfill and give to us in his son, Jesus Christ. Lord, Jesus is an answer to all the different offerings that are made, including the burnt offering. The Lord Jesus is the only one who is perfectly acceptable and pleasing before God. His life, what he did in sinlessness, his complete innocence, is the only life that is absolutely accepted by God and pleasing to God. It's his life and his life alone. He is the burnt offering. He's the perfect, accepted fragrance that the Father delights in. Actually, Ephesians 5, 2 puts it this way. Speaking of Jesus Christ, He gave Himself for us as an offering and sacrifice to God as a sweet-smelling savor. He is the offering that God receives. He is the acceptable offering that God receives. What Jesus did, listen to this, what Jesus did 
in his perfect life, in his sinless life, in his absolute innocence, was all for God and was all for us. It was completely offered up to God, but we're called upon to lay our hands upon him and say, this is all for me. It's that I might come before you, God, and that everything I bring before you may be accepted on his merits alone, not on mine, not on anything I've done, not on anything I've earned. I come before you, and I seek you with my hand completely on the head of this offering, Jesus Christ. Everything he did, everything he performed, every miracle, every good work, every act of kindness, every good word, Everything that Christ did in utter, complete righteousness and perfection was all for the Lord, and it was all for me that I might become before the Lord and what I offer up before the Lord might be acceptable to Him and pleasing to Him and be a savor to Him. The burnt offering is an expression of worship and it's an expression of prayer. It's an expression of what extends before God. And when Elijah prays, he prays before the altar of burnt offering. He lays his own hand upon the sacrifice and he makes this request. This is what you have to understand from this. You have to understand that when you come before God, you come before God in prayer. You, you don't come before God with this basic idea, just as I am, just me. God, here I am praying and here I am asking. No, no, when, when you come before God and you're praying the right way, you don't come just as you are. You come before God just as Jesus is. Your hand is on His head. You're received and all that you ask and all that you bring before God in your prayers, all of it is rendered before the Father in your complete identification with everything perfect and good in the Lord Jesus, not in yourself. We teach our children this. Did you know that? We practice it whether you know it or not. We practice it. When we were growing up and learning how to pray, we ended our prayers in Jesus' name. The Lord Jesus actually taught us to pray this way. In Jesus' name. You know what we're doing? We're not just capping off our prayer. It's not just the end of our prayer. In Jesus' name. We're saying the whole prayer was in Jesus' name. What we're saying is, my hand is on his head. My hand is on his perfect righteousness. His soul acceptability. It's not on my merits. It's not on anything I've done. I'm not approaching you, God, on anything that I have to offer. Not just as I am. It's just as He is. In Jesus' name, I make this request. I pray this prayer. We've been teaching our children this all along. But the truth is, we oftentimes forget. When we're pressed with great desires and great needs and disappointments and we go back to God to pray before God and seek an answer from God, very often we say things like, Lord, I've been trying my best. Lord, I, I want to remind you of how I faithfully served you. Lord, I kept the promise I made to you. I did this thing and I did that thing and I faithfully believed in you and God, I'm not getting an answer from you the way I wanted and, and Lord, I want you to remember your servant and I want you to remember what I've done and how hard I'm trying. And I'm, Lord, answer. Where is your hand when you're praying that? Where's your hand? Why is your hand on the head of the Lord Jesus? And why do you say, in Jesus' name? 
because your prayer is an expression of your understanding of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that you have no righteousness whatsoever to offer to God. There's no accomplishment you've ever made that deserves merit before God. There's nothing that you've done and no goodness in your life or no accumulation of works that you've done that gains you favor and interest in the presence of God. The gospel says that there is nothing that you can do to save yourself. You are saved completely on the merits of another who died in your place. And you lay your hand on his head every time you pray. It's all in his name. It's all in Jesus' name. Nothing in my hand I bring. Only to your cross I cling. Every prayer begins with this foundation. Every prayer that's heard by God. This is why, by the way, folks, there's no promise that God hears the unbeliever. Now, God in mercy at times will respond, but there's no promise because the necessary access to the presence of God and the ear of God and the favor of God and the response of God is in the merits of Jesus Christ. And it's in response to your hand being on his head, your life being on his life, the transfer of all of your attempts to satisfy God by your good works being abandoned and you abandoning yourself to Jesus alone and to his work alone. And your prayers are intended to be an onward declaration of that fact and the reality that you know it's true. Well, thank you for listening to the Ministry of the Bread of Life. To learn more about our ministry, let me suggest you go to one of two websites. First, go to traincpe.org, traincpe.org, to learn more about the work we're doing all over the world to equip and engage the body of Christ in personal evangelism, discipleship, and church planting. Or to learn about our work in your community, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, God bless you.